Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Word of Freedom podcast. I'm Chris and my beautiful wife. Mary. And a little while ago, we actually about a month ago, before we even started a podcast, we posted on social media on our Facebook page asking our friends, what would you like us to talk about, right? Yeah. We got a few responses, not a overwhelming a lot, but we got a few. A few of them were identity, definitely identity. Yeah. Our friend Matthew said, uh, I know Christians can have demons was a hot topic and definitely identity. We had a really long one that we're going to talk about later on, I think, with our friend David. He posed a really amazing yeah, question, did. but we're not going to get into that one today. Uh, we definitely have been talking about our identity. But then our friend Denise, she posed this amazing one, and it really made us both kind of think, walking out freedom after deliverance. So I think we're going to actually go after that one. What do you think? Sounds good. Okay. So would you open us up in prayer, babe? Yeah. Holy Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to come together and to hear what you have to say this day. Lord, we submit ourselves to you, to hear you, to seek you, and to seek out in your word and within our hearts what you have to say. To answer the question, how do we walk out our freedom after you set us free? How do we press into you to keep our freedom? Because you are the one who came to destroy all of the enemy work. So we thank you that we have this time. And I ask that you'll bless each and every hearer to hear your word. Lord, pierce our hearts with your word as it does not return to your void. And thank you once again. We ask all of this in the name above all names, Yeshua. So amen. Thank you so much. You know, so I think one of the first things we feel we need to do is to clarify this phrase, delivered. Yeah. So we are saved, healed, delivered, set free, and made whole. That's what the the uh, the Greek word sozoed means, mm-hmm. right? And it's used throughout the Gospels and the New Testament for those who are being saved. Right. But it also means delivered. Now, when we think of deliverance, we think of people being set free from demonic things in their lives. Yes. But you can also be delivered from an ailment, a sickness, a disease. We'll look at scriptures that talk about that. We can be delivered from our sinfulness, saved, healed, Delivered, set free, made Made whole, whole. made whole, just like we've been talking about the righteousness of God in us. When we take away the unrighteousness, what's left? Righteousness, right? God has put his righteousness in us. But I, I think what Denise is really driving at is what does it look like for us as a believer once we've been delivered? Maybe you had a lot of, um, demonic oppression, demonic control in your life. And you've gone through a deliverance session with somebody and you've gotten released. God has set you free, filled you with this Holy Spirit. But now walking out this freedom, what does it look like? One of the things that popped into my head when you were talking also about deliverance, you know, we get delivered from demonic oppression, but we also have the ability to have a deliverance by submission to the sins of the flesh. Yeah. You know, it's by confession, by submission, by taking thoughts captive 
that we have the ability to continue to walk out in the freedom that we have received once. So there's a couple, two or three levels, I guess, of deliverance for us. Maybe levels isn't the right word, but you know, when Jesus came, he came to abolish the sin of the world, right? I mean, he came to to remove remove, the sin of the world. Yes. Yes. But yet we live in a flesh body Mm -hmm. and we live in a sinful world, right? Yeah. And the flesh is subject to sin by the nature of the world. Okay. So we have a natural thing of sinning, which we call living to the flesh. Bible tells us that. Yeah. Paul talks extensively about that throughout Romans. Right. About crucifying your flesh, you know, putting to putting to death the old man with his sinful ways and putting on the new man. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess one of my things that I'm thinking is that in a sense, that is a deliverance for us because Jesus came to take away the sin of the world, which means the power that sin holds over us by when he ascended and Pentecost came, the father sent the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to be able to give us the power to overcome. Yeah. And that's including the sin of the flesh. How? By repentance, by confession, by our testimony, by continually walking out the day purposefully, focusing upon God mm-hmm. and knowing that, wait, what was that thought I just had? Oh, that does not belong here. And in Jesus name, you're going to get out. And I praise you, Lord. I thank you that I no longer am that person. You have said it time and time again. You're over there kind of <laughs> smiling going, these are my words, Mary. <laughs> No, it's his words, Mary. (laughs) You're true. I guess what I'm trying to say is we have the ability to continue to walk out in all freedom. Yeah. All areas without excuse. That's the big thing. So our friend Sonny Hutala has a phrase that he, you know, coined or came up with, however you want to say it. He says, erase the excuse and find the yes. That means find the reason not to sin. Find the reason not to allow the devil to have a playground in your body in Jesus Christ. Through the word, find the reason. Find the yes. Because in him, in Christ Jesus, God has made all the promises yes, and in us the amen. Amen. So what does it look like? I mean, when we sit here and talk about it, we we can discuss things we've seen in in the life, you know, what people have told us about deliverance, um, whether it's, you know, demon deliverance, physical healing, that's a type of deliverance, uh, mental issue deliverances. But we can talk till the cows come home, but I think we really need to look to Scripture to see what God says about this, Good. right? Yes, yeah. So let's... Let's turn to the scriptures. Let's go to Mark chapter five. Okay. Um, she's got her uh, complete Jewish study Bible, and I've got my um, New King trusty James. New King James. So let's go to Mark chapter five. This is the passage where we read about the demon possessed man. Um, some call him the demoniac, and you know a lot of us have heard this story before. 
This is where uh, Jesus and the disciples go to the other side of the lake. They come to the area known as the Decapolis, which means you know, like it's 10 villages all compact into one area. And this man comes from the tombs. He's been living in the tombs because he is demon-possessed. It says that they've tried binding him with chains and shackles, and he just literally breaks those, and he's cutting himself with stones, and he's just crying out. But when he sees Jesus, this is the amazing part— he runs to Jesus and falls and worships him. It says in Mark 5, verse 6, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him. And it says in verse 7, and he cried out with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of the man unclean spirit. Then it goes through where Jesus says, you know, what is your name? He says, my name is a legion for there are many. And Jesus casts them out. The demons say, you know, don't send us into the abyss where they rightfully belong, but send us into the swine. The pigs run off, die. And then all the people freak out and tell Jesus they want to be gone. But in verse, uh, where are we at? Verse 18. I want to pick that up here. Could you read that in the um, in your Jewish yeah. uh, translation? In 18? Yeah. Start in 18, 18 and 19. Oh, as he, Jesus, was getting into the boat, the man who had been demonized begged him to be allowed to go with him. But Yeshua would not permit it. Instead, he said to him, go home to your people and tell them, how much Adonai in his mercy has done for you. He went off and began proclaiming in the ten towns how much Yeshua had done for him, and everyone was amazed. Amen. And we read the same account in Luke chapter 8, verses 38 through 39. And it's pretty much the exact same thing. But one of the things we noticed is the verbiage used for Jesus and God. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We can actually see that before this man was delivered, it says that he ran and fell at the feet of Jesus and worshiped God. And this brings up an amazing point of something that we, we really want to talk about is Jesus is not just the son of God. Jesus is God in the flesh, right? Yeah. He gave up his divinity. He gave up, you know, his uh, heavenly uh, power to become flesh, but then after baptism, he gets anointed with the Holy Spirit, the same as human beings can therefore be. And that's for a reason, so that we can then walk out this freedom that he's about to give us. Correct. But what does he tell this man to do? That's, that's what we want to look at. That's the mm -hmm. key of what's going on. What do you see in that? So what I see right here is that Jesus... Yeshua crossed in the boat to the other side of the lake. So he did leave the man behind. And I believe the man went and did what he was told to do. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because if we turn to a couple chapters later in Mark, Mark 7, we can see in verse 731 that he crosses back over onto the region of the ten towns. And then in 32, it says they brought him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment and asked Yeshua to lay his hand on him. So stop right there. These people told him to leave. 
They didn't want to have. They were scared. You're talking about in in Mark five. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So after the pigs got demon possessed and ran and killed themselves, and it says in and those who saw it in verse sixteen, and those who saw it told them, because the whole town comes and finds out what's going on. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him, Jesus, to depart from their region. They freaked out. This guy's been demon-possessed for as long as we can remember. We've tried everything. Nothing worked. We literally bound him up and set him in in the tombs. Yeah. And now they're telling us, you cast all the demons out. They went into our food supply and killed themselves. You're freaking us out, Jesus. Leave. Yeah. But Jesus tells this man, no, I don't want you to come with me right now to the other side. Wow, how how prophetic is that? <laughs> um, I don't want you to come with me to the other side. I need you to go and tell people what God has done for you. A little while later, like you said... Then they come back and it's like Jesus is, well, let's go see what kind of fruit this guy's got going on. (laughs) You know, he's been healed and delivered and set free. What kind of fruit is he bearing? Evidently, it's a lot because now they're like, that Jesus guy is here. Let's bring him a deaf mute. Yeah. And it's interesting because in the Hebrew culture of that day, they're looking for a Messiah, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And they actually had priests in that day that would do deliverance. But when they did deliverance, they had to ask the demon what the name of the demon is. And Jesus reflects this when they say, by the name of Beelzebub, you're casting out demons. And Jesus says, if I'm doing it by Beelzebub's name, who are you doing it out of? But if I cast out a demon by the finger of God, then the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But one of the things is they had to know the demon's name. Here's the neat thing. If the man's deaf, he can't hear you ask him a question. If he's mute, he can't answer you. Good point. So the demon can't li- literally cannot answer to anybody because he can't hear the question and he's not going to be able to speak it out. Mm-hmm. So they're bringing this man. Okay, okay, Jesus, you healed that guy of this amazing amount of demons. He says it was like 6,000 of them. Here's this guy. What are you going to do with him? Go ahead, and, go ahead and read that. That's It's so awesome. They brought him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment and asked Yeshua to lay his hand on him. Taking him off alone, away from the crowd, Yeshua put his fingers into the man's ears, spat, and touched his tongue. Then, looking up to heaven, he gave a deep groan and said to him, Hepatach, that is, be opened. His ears were opened. His tongue was freed, and he began speaking clearly. Yeshua ordered the people to tell no one, but the more he insisted, the more zealously they spread the news. People were overcome with amazement. Everything he does, he does well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the dumb speak. So we can see by Scripture here that when we are set free from something, God wants us to... Shout it from the rooftops. He wants us to go and share it. For God's glory. Amen. I mean, we can say, look what the Lord has done in me, but give all honor and glory to the one who made me. All honor and glory to the one who set me free. Yeah. You know, when we give our testimony of like how we've come to Christ, 
Never once did I ever think of, and then I suddenly became a great person because I did so much good that I became a better person. (laughs) (laughs) It just feels funny to even say it. It was, I was so broken and destitute. God came in and saved me. Look what the Lord has done in me. Amen. So the same thing with a person getting set free in deliverance. Yes. We need to share. This is what go was going on. I was oppressed. This demonic voice, these voices, this pressure in my life was forcing me down. I, I felt like this and this was going on, but God, mm-hmm. your favorite saying, but, but God. God showed up and delivered me of all of this, whether it was my sinfulness or whether it was a demonic oppression or a demonic depression, you know, we need to shout it out. We need to let people know that there's freedom to be had. Yeah, what's popping into my mind right now is not just the freedom that ha- there is to be had, but as the original question, you know, where Denise is like, how do we walk out in our freedom? What does it look like? My mind says armor. My mind says take every thought captive. This is what he has given us to show us to be able to continue to stand strong because we stand upon the rock. It's not anything of our own doing. It's our submitting and our relying upon God and his Holy Spirit within us Mm -hmm. to be able to stop, ask, seek, knock, search out in his word, his truth, his ways. He's given it to us. He walked it out. He showed us how. What did he do a lot? He went away and prayed so that he would stay connected to his father, that the enemy would have nothing upon him. Amen. I do nothing except what I see my father do. And I say, I speak nothing except what I hear my father say. Amen. Yeah, that's what he said. That's what he said. And you know, guys, that's literally all we honestly have to go by is the word of God, Mm -hmm. line upon line, precept upon precept, which means word by word, thought by thought, everything that God has for us is ours. It's ripe for the taking in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. 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 Unfortunately, we're going to have to pause and come back next week and talk more about this because this is such, I didn't realize just how big of a topic this was going to be. Well, yeah, it's going to go. It's going to go because I, I got some stuff here. <laughs> I, I have some stuff here that is going to help us continue to walk out in our freedom. Come on. And it isn't mine. It's just oh, that man. what he has taught me through his word. That it isn't just about me. Sorry, that's sounding like me, me, me. It's not me. It's his word that comes to set us free, not just set us free, but to keep us free, walking out in his truth, his love, and his righteousness for his namesake. Amen. My wife is lit up, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be fantastic. So stay tuned for the very next Word of Freedom podcast. We love you guys. Thank you so much. We'll be talking to you again soon. 